0: Good morning, it's uh, it's wonderful to be here and just to thank you for your prayers that uh, I really didn't think I'd make it this week but uh, here we are, God is good all the time yeah, God is good all the time and uh, it's lovely to be here just to come and share God's Word with you. Uh, I have in my mind this morning you know that I I, I love uh, most of the time I preach on revival and uh, in the place of, uh, of preparing God's people for a visitation or a habitation of God to come and just uh, be amongst us in a way that we know that's tangible, that we can reach out and touch him. And it also goes out into a community and we see the presence of God hovering over a community and we see God moving in lives without a preacher. Uh, and so I, I just long to see that day back in Scotland again and back in our communities where the presence of God is so real out there in the communities that people are being touched and saved sometimes without a preacher Duncan Campbell said that uh, 75% of the people who were saved in the last loose Revival were saved on the way to the meeting uh, because the Holy Spirit was just doing an amazing work We're not that wonderful? wasn't that wonderful? people were actually coming in there and say, you know I was on the way uh, up the street here and, and I got saved <laughs> God just met me in and, 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 and his love and grace and mercy and that's what was happening in our nation you know that, that was in Scotland that was in the Hebrides as uh, Duncan Campbell says that 75% of the people who got saved were saved on the way to the meeting I think I said the last time that the, uh, that the butcher's van broke down uh, on, on, on the way to the meeting and uh, there was about 12 or 15 men in, in the butcher's van and uh, when the van broke down, they thought they wouldn't make the meeting. But by the time they got there, everyone of them was saved. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, our God is good. And uh, in revival, there's always a time uh, of preparation. There's always a time when we start to prepare our hearts for that uh, that habitation of God. God starts to work in our lives by His Spirit, and it brings this attitude of prayer, and it brings this attitude of righteousness and holiness that really gets a grip of our lives. That uh, we just want to be in that place. Uh, that God wants us to be uh, and uh, I touched on that wee bit the last time about, about the preparation uh, or oh, that you would rend the heavens that you would come down uh, and uh, Isaiah, uh, Nehemiah's prayer uh, when he heard about the state of the nation that he, he wept and he, and he fasted and he mourned uh, that's all preparation for, for God to come And uh, but I want to look at, the, uh, at this morning uh, another side of preparation uh, not so much what, what we do but uh, a preparation that God does that he's the initiator of it that he's the one who who brings us into that place where he wants to speak to us and I believe that this morning God wants to bring us into a place where he wants to speak to us and I just pray Father we just pray that our hearts are open this morning that as your word goes forth as you would speak that you would draw our hearts out to you and that we'd hear your voice and uh, we would just know that you have got a word in season for every one of us this morning so we just open our hearts before you this morning and ask you by your Holy Spirit that you would come and minister to each of our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. God is so good that he wants, he's always, he's always trying to bring us into a, a deeper relationship with himself. He's always trying to bring us up higher. He's always... Uh, he doesn't want to... I think it was Mike Lucada said, he was happy to find us where we were, but he was never happy to leave us there. And he always wants to bring us into somewhere that's deeper uh, and more meaningful, and, uh, and he just wants to reveal himself to us in all his grace and his mercy. So, if you've got your Bibles, uh, I'm going to ask you to, turn to the clean bit of them. The book of here <laughs> Uh, when I say the clean book of the Bible, it's some of these, these books of the Bible that are never uh, much looked at. And uh, rather than doing a lot of interpretation this morning, I would just want to do some application. Uh, we all know, and it's all about the goodness of God. If you don't know where Hosea is, if you find Daniel, it's the next book to Daniel. If you find Joel, you've been a to book too far, and you come back into the book of Hosea. And we're going to look at uh, some verses from chapter 2 this morning now Hosea is a picture of a nation who have wandered away from God Hosea is a picture of Israel who were God's chosen people who chose not to follow him who chose to go after other gods, who chose to go other, to go off in other directions, who chose to be unfaithful to God and to break the covenant that they had made with God and God uh, and Hosea he, he, he brings a very vivid uh, uh, picture to the people of Israel because he asked Hosea the prophet to marry a prostitute uh, 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 and uh, she would leave him and, and God said to go and, and take her back and it's all showing the love and mercy of God. That no matter how far we go and no matter what we've done, God is always a seeking God. He's always a God who wants to reach out his hand and to, and to bring us back to himself. And it doesn't matter how far we've gone from him, how cold we've become, our God is always still the God who seeks and God who wants to reach out his hand and to touch us. And so uh, this morning uh, we want to just make that application and if we go to chapter 2 And we're just going to read from a couple of verses from chapter 2 and it's verse number 14. Therefore says God, aye. I love that, you know, here is God going to do something for his people. Therefore I am now going to allure her, and I'm going to lead her into the desert, and I'm going to speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards, and will make the valley of Achar a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the days she came up out of Egypt. And that day declares the Lord, you will call me my husband, you will no longer call me my master. And I will remove the names of the Baals from your lips, and no longer will their names be invoked and I pray that God would add a blessing to that public reading of his precious word now here is uh, again a little bit of background here is God reaching out to a nation who had deserted them reached out to a nation who had turned their backs on them reached out to a nation who no longer uh, were called God's people God says in chapter one you've no longer called my people and that was a terrible place to be, it a place of uh, isolation a place of falling after other gods and God's still in his grace and his mercy. He says, I am going to do something. Isn't that wonderful? That God always is a God who wants to draw you to himself. And uh, I believe God's got a word for every one of us this morning. Because in these, uh, these verses we've read, they're just wonderful applications to where we are this morning. Maybe in, in, in life or in spirit. And God wants to say, I'm here. And I'm the one who's able to turn things around. Amen. Who wants a God who can turn things around? eh? It's wonderful to have a God who's able to turn things. No matter how dark they are, no matter how far away we go, God says, I can turn things around if the woman let me and so he says I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do something to this nation of Israel I'm going to do something to them I know they've wandered I know I know where they are but it's me that's going to initiate this and it's wonderful when God initiates something isn't it? because I know it's going to be powerful it's going to be real and it's going to work uh, and I believe that God is initiating something this morning and I uh, pray that he's going to initiate his strength in me that they'll be able to keep going this morning uh, because uh, uh, of how weak I do feel this morning but God is going to do something amazing I'm sure he's going to touch your lives because I says God I'm going to do something about Israel's life and I'm going to apply that this morning uh, in preparation for God to come and do something in our lives he says I'm going to allure her you know that's a, 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 that's a word that uh, that conjures all different things in our minds isn't it? uh Entice uh, uh, to draw, to to bring to yourself, and and God says, "Oh, it's like it's like God saying this morning, I want to bring you back to your first love." You know that allure almost has a sense if you look more. Deeper at the meaning, it's almost in the sense that if you remember a first date, there's something about being on your road to your first date, isn't there? You know, there's just an excitement within you. And, uh, and I believe that God is, is almost saying this morning, Israel, I want to take you back to when I first called you. I want to take you back to when I first became your God. I want to take you back. and Who remembers the joy of meeting the Saviour for the first time? you know, I, I remember that night well, it was in 1954 it seems, it's last century, <laughs> uh, but it seems a long time ago, 1954 as a nine year old boy uh, in a gospel hall in Boney and hearing a preacher preach about the coming of the Lord and, and I said, if, Je- if Jesus comes back tonight, I really am not saved, you know and I was only nine and that's said, I was thinking don't ever discourage young people and it's wonderful to see what he's doing with young people here this morning. Uh, always bring them into, speak st- straight to them. About, about bring them into, into faith in Jesus Christ. And I remember as a nine-year-old boy at the end of that meeting, saying, if Jesus came tonight, you know, my mum and daddy would be away to heaven, but I would be left. And that, that, that troubled me. Really did trouble me. Uh, and I want to tell you, Jesus is coming back again. And Jesus is going to take away his church. And Jesus is going to come, uh, and there is going to be those who had the opportunity and didn't take the opportunity. There might be some of you this morning who who have never came to that decision of accepting Jesus Christ as their own personal saviour. and would be wonderful if that was the outcome of our, of our meeting this morning. That someone said, yeah, "You know." I come to church and I sing the songs and I, I see how happy I, But I've not got that joy deep down in my soul. You know, I've got that joy, 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 joy deep down in my soul. Uh, and it might be this morning that this is your morning. That this is the time that you say, well, I've got a religion. But I haven't got a relationship with Jesus. And maybe he's alluring you this morning to come to him this morning and say, I love you, he says. And I want to draw you to myself this morning. And so here he is in, 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 in this passage here. And he says, I'm going to allure her. I'm going to, I'm going to bring her back almost to remember our first date together. Uh, I'm going to bring her back to our first love. You know, here was the church in Ephesus. And they were a great apostolic church. They, they did amazing work uh, in the New Testament. And then when John writes to the the seven churches or when Jesus speaks to the seven churches and John writes it in Revelation chapter 3 and 4 he, he speaks first to this wonderful church Ephesus and all that they were doing and they were still going through all the motions and still doing all the wonderful things but he says I've got this against you he says you've left your first love you know how easy it is to be distracted away from a first love because we, we become so busy and we become all tied up in, in, in doing things that Jesus that we lose our focus on who Jesus is sometimes and that happens individually but it also happens in fellowships also happens in churches that uh, as we see the, the progression of that to, to Laodicea where they were going on it was, uh, uh, Laodicea would be the church to be in at that time you know, it was a big church, it was a growing church it was a rich church it was a church that I looked at as everyone going for it? but Jesus was outside knocking to get in And that all started the downward slope in Ephesus where they left their first love. And maybe there's uh, someone here this morning who after the first flush of Christianity and knowing Jesus and you've just got into a habit of doing things and you don't have the the joy and the pleasure and the excitement of serving a living saviour and maybe your life is just going through the motions maybe your life is it's 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning it's time to be in Moody's Barn or wherever else we, we may go and we've lost that, that excitement of, of being in his presence and to hear his voice and to know the joy of what he wants to say to us uh, and maybe God wants to warm up your heart. maybe he wants to warm up my heart this morning you know that he wants to warm up our hearts again and say look uh, I'm still the same God and I still love you with the same love but because of, uh, of where you are just now it may be that you have left your first love that Jesus hasn't got the first place in your life that other things have come in and they him and I was brought all in brethren circles and we used, say, we used to say this that if he's not Lord of all he's not Lord at all you know, he, he wants to be Lord of everything in our lives. It's a challenge to us, isn't it? That we can we go through the motions and we can be in the right places and we can say the right things. But Jesus maybe is not the centre of our focus any longer. And it's, uh, that might be a call this morning to individuals. It might be a call to families this morning. It might be a call to the fellowship this morning to make sure that Jesus is the centre. You know, I used to sing that wonderful song, Jesus be the centre. But he's not always the centre. And maybe God is saying this morning how about bringing Jesus back into the centre of your life how about bringing Jesus back into the centre of your family how about about, about bringing Jesus back into the real centre of the fellowship and so he says I'm going to allure you I'm going to do it, I'm going to initiate this I want to bring you back to knowing how much I love you and when I do that I want you to reciprocate with your love for me and he says I'm going to bring you into a desert place the desert places are not always bad places to be. You know, there's a lot of times in Scripture where the people find themselves in desert places, but they're not really bad places to be. Jesus said to his disciples, to his disciples Come ye apart a while into a desert place so that ye may rest. And sometimes desert places are places of rest and places of hearing his voice. And, and here is a place where, where God is bringing Israel back into a desert place in order. That there's no other distraction, you know, there's no other things that can take up our, our attention. And sometimes it, it, he allows us to come into a place of barrenness and a place that we think of is dryness, you know. I've been there. I've been in a place you, you think if, if you're up here as a speaker and, 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 and you travel speaking that you've got it all together. You haven't always got it all together. There is times where we pass through, times where we, we feel dry and we feel barren. But God always initiates that drawing back to Himself. And I love that when God just initiates by a word or, or by a song or by, or, or by a thought that uh, He brings us back into him, Himself. and uh, God's saying I want to allure you into the desert this morning not to look at a desert as a dry place, as a wilderness, as a barren place but as a place where I can restore back to you all that I feel that you've lost. Isn't, Isn't that amazing God? That he keeps calling us, he keeps looking for us he keeps looking to where we are and he keeps drawing us by the cords of love. Love lifted me. You know, it's, it's, it's always initiated by God, yes. He wants to come after you this morning. He wants to come after you with the Holy Spirit and say, come on, I've got a far better plan for your life. I've got a far better place where I want to take you to than you are just now. Who wants to go to that that, that next level of relationship, of, of fellowship with God, Yeah." We all want to be there, we We all want to keep on going higher and higher and higher. It was, uh, what was his name now? The great I Have a Dream speech man, who was that? Who was it? Martin Luther King, that's right, I was on the test now, I forgot his name. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I remember, and he's best known for his I Have a Dream speech, I I Have a Dream, you know. Most people would would recognise that, but he also gave other speeches. And one of them was this, that I've climbed a hill and I've seen what's on the other side. You know, and he says, because I've seen, I want you to follow me. Because I've, I've made the sacrifice, I've climbed the hill, and I've seen what's on the other side. He, he had a vision of what America would look like in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, a few decades time, from where he was He never lived to see it. But he climbed the mountain and he saw what was on the other side that's what God wants to do with us this morning he wants us to start climbing the mountain so that we see a, a greater vista of what he wants to do in all of our lives he's got such a marvellous plan for you and, uh, as individuals. he's got such a marvellous plan and purpose we sang about that this morning about, about, about destiny, about purpose about the plan of God and it's easy to sing about it but he wants to get personal this morning he wants to say I have that for you I've got, I have got a plan and purpose that before even time began I already had written your life story out isn't that amazing? come on, isn't that amazing? before earth even was formed it says I wrote out your life story I wrote your destiny I wrote what you were going to be doing as the psalmist says every day that you live before one comes to pass it's already written in the book of God isn't that amazing? that God has already written in his book things about you Come on, get excited about that, eh? That God's already written in His book things concerning you. What's, what's He wrote in His book about you today? You know? I wonder if we've got only got a wee glimpse the into, 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 into God's book, what's, what's He written in His book about you today? What blessing does He want to, to touch you with today? And I believe He's saying, I'm alluring you into the desert place, one, so that I can restore to you the sensitivity of hearing my voice. Because he says, I want to speak tenderly to her. And at times we lose the sensitivity of hearing God's voice. There's so many voices in the world, isn't there? There There's so many voices that we're we're hearing day in and day out. From the minute we wake to the minute we go to sleep, we hear so many different voices, all telling us different things. And if you're in you're in, in, in the States this morning... You would hear all the different things about the, uh, about the election, all the different voices that are taking place to, to vote for this one or vote for that one. And uh, they're getting bombarded now with, with these two voices, you know. And uh, our lives are filled with voices from the minute we wake to the minute we go to sleep. There's so many voices, but Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. Isn't that amazing? My sheep hear my voice. And they'll run away at the voice of a stranger and, and Paul speaks to the Corinthians and he's speaking about the Holy Spirit who searches out the deep things of God and he reveals them to us by his Spirit come well, isn't that amazing that the Holy Spirit searches out the deep things of God in First Corinthians chapter 2 he searches out the deep <laughs> things of God and reveals them to you and to me we are not receivers of the Spirit who is of this world but we are receivers of the Spirit who is from God, we have come, direct communication with God. Come on, isn't that wonderful this morning? That we have direct communication with heaven itself. Come on, that is just amazing. It's so real, and God wants to restore to us the sensitivity of hearing His voice, of distinguishing His voice from other voices, of hearing what His voice says. My sheep hear My voice. Do we hear His voice? Do you want to hear what His plan is for our day? Do we seek His face and say, "God, I want to hear what You have got to say to me today"? It doesn't always speak audibly. Uh, it has happened. You know, he, he speaks through His Word at times. He speaks through His servant. He speaks by a thought dropped in by the whole, How many times have you had a thought dropped in by the Holy Spirit? You say, "Thank you, God. That was just the very thought that I needed." That's God speaking. You know, God's always been always been a speaking God. He always speaks it before He does it. You know, in creation, He said, "Let there be light." So He spoke it and then there was light and so God is still a speaking God today and he wants to speak to his people he wants to speak to His individually but he wants to speak to His a fellowship that you hear the voice of God that gives you direction that gives you the way that you want to go that no matter uh, how, how educated we are no matter how rich we are it's got nothing to do with it it's to do with being born again and being receivers of the Spirit who is from God who searches the deep things of God and reveals them unto us what a privileged position we are in this morning you know uh, as all created beings that have ever been created we are the most uh, we have the most access to God because we can come into his presence we can speak with him and we can hear what he's saying and maybe God's saying this morning you used to hear my voice but your ears are a wee bit deaf now. Your ears are not hearing what I'm saying. You did not actively seek my voice. And maybe what God is calling you into in this place this morning, he wants to initiate restoring the sensitivity of hearing God's voice. There is everything in the airwaves. There, 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 is, there is everything. There's sport, there's news, there's voices, there's feature films, there's, there's everything. And if we had the receiver, we could... If I had a radio this morning, I switched the radio on, I could draw from what's already in this room, the music or the debates. I've had a television, I could, as a receiver, I could receive what's in the spirit of this world, couldn't I? But we've got something far greater. We are receivers of the spirit who is from God therefore our antenna is not fixed on earthly things it's fixed in heaven itself come on isn't that wonderful and sometimes you know uh, it's not so much now with the sky and the cable but when you, you used to have the old arrows up on the roof and you used to get up and there was a strong wind and your picture was all fuzzy you know you know that uh, you had to get up on that roof and sort of straighten up the, is it, is it alright now you used to shout down the roof. Is, is that better <laughs> you know and at times it's true with us that our antenna gets a wee bit off course doesn't it Uh, and I believe God is saying this morning come on I want to restore to you the sensitivity of hearing my voice I want to to create in you a hunger again that you want to seek to hear what I'm saying and he allures Israel into the desert in order to restore to her the sensitivity of hearing her voice therefore I'm now going to allure her and lead her into the desert and I'm going to speak tenderly to her maybe that is the message for you this morning God I want to hear you speaking again God, I want to be sensitive to what you're saying. God, I want to wake up in the morning and say, God, what have you got for me today? And to know that you're going to answer me in whatever way you feel fit to do so. Whether it's in your daily reading, whether it's when you're praying, or whether it's uh, by listening to a message, or whether it's just the Holy Spirit just dropping in a thought. But how many times has the Holy Spirit dropped a thought and, and you've lost that sensitivity? And I believe God is restoring that this morning. Who would love that sensitive re- to restored this morning? You know, just to say, oh, my ten is in line with heaven and I'm hearing for heaven's seen this morning. What a privileged people we are. Of all the people on the earth this morning, we are the most privileged because we are in direct communication with heaven itself. Then he goes on to say, I'm going to give her back her vineyards. You know, Israel had lost her vineyards, had lost her fruit, had lost all... The fruitfulness that was in their lives, that was in them as a nation because they had turned away from God. And you know, God wants us to be fruitful this morning, doesn't he? He says, I am the vine, and if we're connected to the vine, we will bear much fruit. And at times we we sometimes lose that connection, sometimes it gets a wee bit wayward. And the, the fruitfulness that we once knew in our lives, it seems as if we've lost that fruitfulness. God says, I want to restore that this morning. I want to bring you back to being connected to me in order that you receive from me because it's only that you're in the vine that you can receive from the vine and receiving from the vine, you produce fruit. Isn't it wonderful that God's looking for us to be fruitful this morning? We can be fruitful in the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit says uh, you see all the the works of the flesh but you see the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, etc., etc., Maybe God wants to restore the fruit of the Spirit in your life this morning. Maybe you've got a bit cold. Maybe you're starting to doubt what God is saying. Maybe you're starting to doubt about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're starting to say, well, this and that and the next thing. And God says, well, why don't you allow the Holy Spirit just to grow the fruit in you? Because when the Holy Spirit grows the fruit in you, what he's really doing is growing Christ in you. Because every one of these fruits is a picture of the life of Jesus Christ. And God wants to bring us to be like him. And maybe God's saying this morning, you used to be fruitful, you used to bear fruit, you used to bear much fruit, but now your, your life's a bit, uh, it's not so fruitful as it used to be. And I want to say, age has not, it's got nothing to do with that. Age hasn't got anything to do with it, it doesn't mean as you get older, you get less fruitful. And your circumstances really have got nothing to do with it either, because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's so the Holy Spirit working in you, producing the fruit of love and joy and peace and kindness and long-suffering and patience. We could go through them all this morning, couldn't we? And we could say, "I wonder about fruit. Uh, I know what fruit. I need to increase in my life, you know." Because uh, I must admit, I don't like queues. <laughs> I don't know if any of you like queues, but I'll I'll drive past a the place and got a queue in order to get their place. God, give me patience and give me it now, you know. As <laughs> if you know, it's the fruitless spirit is to grow in us to be like jesus and god's saying I'm, i want to restore to you fruitfulness this morning i want to give you back the vines that you, that you once have i want to restore your vineyard this morning and the only way that we can restore the fruitfulness of the vineyard is to be connected to the vine john 15 is a wonderful chapter about the vine being connected and being receptive and being productive god wants us to be to have that that connection in order that we have that reception in order that we have that production come on isn't that wonderful that God wants to produce in us his fruit and so maybe that's the message this morning maybe he wants to restore the sensitivity of hearing God's voice, maybe he wants to restore fruitfulness to your life this morning maybe he wants to to bring you back into being connected completely with him and with the vine and to know that he is uh, he's bringing you back to a place of fruitfulness and then it says I'm going to make the, the Valley of Acre a door of oh. hope. We would always love to be in the mountain top, wouldn't we? We would always love to be in the mountain top. But life isn't like that. Life isn't all in the mountain top. There is a time when we find ourselves in the valleys. And in the valleys, that's where we learn more about God than sometimes on the mountain top. Mountaintops are lovely, wonderful experiences. Uh, I remember, I think I've told you before, standing on the last hill in Scotland called Saxophore, praising and worshipping God, the Prince of God, just falling. One on that hill uh, 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 up in Shetland uh, but there's valleys after that and there might be someone in a valley today that really doesn't see anywhere you know, valleys can be dark places you go through some of the glens in Scotland or go down to Lake District and go through some of the, or the valleys down there and they're dark, dark places and there they doesn't, doesn't seem to be a way out of them maybe that's where you are this morning, maybe you're in a valley this morning the valley of Acre of course cuts its name away back and I don't want to go into this deeply because it goes way back to Achan when Achan sinned when he took the the gold and the silver and and the Babylonians garment it was in the valley of of Acre that, that he was stoned and God moved the people away from sin onto being victorious and taking the rest of the land and that was called the Valley of Trouble. That was the, from that day it was called the Valley of Achor or the Valley of Trouble. Maybe you're in a Valley of Trouble this morning. Maybe you're saying, well, I ha- may have a smell on my face but you don't know what's in my life. And I don't see a way out of this this morning. I don't see a way out of this valley. But I want to tell you, God wants to restore your perspective this morning. Because sometimes our perspective gets lost. And we we'll lose our perspective and we became, we become so uh, focused on our problem that we forget to look for the answer and God says I'm going to turn the valley of Acre into a door of hope who would love to get out of a valley this morning and walk through a door of hope You know, that's your God he doesn't want to leave you in the valley he says I can turn your valley experience around this morning whatever's holding you in the valley what's holding you in the darkness this morning I can touch it and I can turn it around and I can take you out of the valley via a door of hope you know there's nothing worse than having no hope you know, you look into people's eyes at times and you see eyes that have no hope. Hopelessness is the worst thing. We were once without hope and without God in this world. We were in that very same place, but the God of hope has visited us and touched us with his love and grace and mercy and he has brought us out of the valley of our sin through the door of hope. Not the hope as the world knows it, not that a hope is going to happen, but a sure hope that what we have in Jesus will never happen ever be taken away from us and never ever be lost so I want to tell you this morning if you're in that valley this morning God is preparing a way out for you he's the God of the turnaround amen come on he's the God that can turn things around and maybe this is your morning where you have in a place where you can't see any way out of this where you cannot see a, a, a direction to go where you cannot see an answer and God is saying this morning I am the answer look to me, and I will turn your valley of acre, your valley of trouble, and I'll give you a door of hope. Who wants to walk through a door of hope this morning? Right? Well, is and our God wonderful? He comes and he seeks us wherever we are, and he can turn things around and take us into a, 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 a different place, a door of hope. My time's gone, I think. Let me just very quickly do the last two. Then she will sing in the days of her youth. He wants to restore Praise to your lives again because sometimes circumstances take away praise sometimes the circumstances uh, sort of take away the joy that we have in the Lord and God wants to restore that this morning he wants to give you back the songs of your youth now what he's speaking about here is Moses and Miriam's song when the nation was born and they crossed over the Red Sea and the horse and the rider had been cast into the sea that's the song of their youth because that's where they were born as a nation and Miriam and Moses led them in a song in Exodus I think it's 14 and read that song it's a wonderful glorious song and God's said, I, I can restore you back to that song of your youth and God's said, I can restore you back to the praise that you had on your lips when you first came to know me isn't he a great God? Isn't he a wonderful God? He's the God of restoration. He's the God of preparation because he's preparing you for a habitation and a visitation from himself. And then he says, I'm going to, also, as you were brought up out in your days of Egypt, he's the God who brings freedom. You know, he's the God who brings freedom. You might think this morning you're restricted. You might think this morning that there's something got hold of you and you cannot break free from it. God's the God of freedom this morning. And he says, I want to restore freedom to you. What a, what a, what a, what a glorious God. He wants to restore a sensitivity to his voice, he wants to restore fruitfulness, he wants to take you out of the valley of trouble and bring you through a door of hope, he wants to put a song back in your mouth, you know isn't, isn't God good, isn't God good he wants us to give you all this this morning, and he says and I want to, and he says I want to restore your relationship because they were called a master and not husband, Ishii was what they're now going to call him and not Belai which was master And he wants to restore completely your relationship. If there's anything hindering your relationship this morning, God wants to take it away. He wants to bring you back to the fullness of fellowship. God's initiating this, not me. But God's initiating this this morning. He's brought you here in order to speak with you. And he wants to restore completely his relationship with him. Maybe you've not got one. And this might be the morning where God wants to say, we could start a relationship here, you know. I could become your God and you could become my son. You could become my daughter this morning. And then he says, he says, then I will remove the names of Baal from your lips. He then removes the influence of the past. You know, there's something that hinders our present more than circumstances and more the thing that hinders us most is our past. Because we seem to not be able to let go of the past. Our past is redeemed. Praise God. Come on. The blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed our past. But the enemy wants to keep playing he's the most he's the best video player in the world, because he knows when to press the button in their mind to recall things that we've done in the past your past has been redeemed if you're a born again Christian if you know Jesus Christ as your own and personal saviour, your past has been redeemed, so don't let the past hinder the present and stop you from enjoying the future that God's got from you, Amen? amen, come on he wants to restore that back this morning, he wants to take away anything that's hindering you from the past thank you, Lord. and break it in Jesus name yes, that the past no longer hinders your yes, present you. and it takes you on to the destiny, destiny that God has best. got for thank you. Jesus. What a wonderful God he is this morning yes. and from these obscure verses in his ear I believe he's spoken a word to our hearts this morning of restoration and preparation and he wants to break you free from everything that hinders relationship with him and bring you into that fullness of joy, that fullness of fruitfulness, of fullness of hearing his voice, of fullness of knowing that he can take us out of a valley of trouble and he can take us into a door of hope and he can remove anything from our past. Don't be a prisoner to your past, but be captive to your destiny. Amen? If you've got a pen, write that down. Do not be a prisoner to your past, but be captive to your destiny and all that God has for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.